All right, everybody, welcome back to the Call to Action podcast. Today is Thursday, May 14th, and we have a very special guest on with us today, head coach for the Kent State softball team, Coach Eric Oakley. Coach, how are you today, and uh, how, are you, how are you getting through this quarantine so far? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Um, I, uh, how am I getting through it? Uh, well, hopefully as it gets nicer out, it'll be the garden will be, be getting most of my attention. Um, but it's a little, still a little too, too cold to get, to get too much into the ground yet. So that'll be the big one. Otherwise, you know, I painted a couple rooms that needed painting and, um, you know, there's been some, as, as of late, there's been some softball stuff that we've needed to do, uh, you know, working on the new schedule and those kind of things. So that's taken up some time, but a lot of, like everybody else, a lot of Netflix. Uh, I play a lot of Red Dead Redemption online. Uh, that's my game. I'm not, I'm not a Call of Duty guy. I'm more, you know, a little slower paced game like Red Dead. But um, that's about it. I got a couple dogs, you know, trying not to walk them too much. And... Well, that's, that's interesting. I feel like we don't have a lot of coaches. Do you, have, do you run into any other coaches that, that play video games with you? No, I just, I just go out there randomly. I, I'm not I, – I, I don't really, yeah, talk a whole lot about me going out <laughs> doing video games. Yeah. I mean, I'm worth a video game – my generation, I think, is the video game generation. You know, we grew up with Atari when you know that really started blowing up. So, a lot of it has passed me by. Like, I can't, I can't even handle Call of Duty. I don't even know how. Well, yeah, I mean, Red Dead. I watch my nephews play it, and it's just holy cow! I don't know how. <laughs> so you're not you're not into Fortnite or anything like that right now. No, those I can't really. Um, um, I can't really get. Uh, <laughs> too into those yeah that like i said i've watched my nephews do it it's just there's too much going on <laughs> seth seth myers or not seth myers one of the snl guys did a bit not too long ago where he was a gamer and every time he went into call of duty he got blown away like within two seconds yeah. that was that was, <laughs> well eric's our uh, like resident staff uh gamer i think well yeah, man, we have we have another guy on staff. But when you mentioned just now the the fact you play video, I could see Eric's eyes light up. He, he was he was ready. He was like, "Oh wow!" And then yeah. he jumped right on it. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. I I can't. I uh, I I started recently getting back into NCAA football. Uh, six year NCAA football fourteen. So that's what I've been playing to uh, get my sports fix. But I've been picking up the controllers as well. Something. Well, do. even that passed me by. Like I'm, really? I was Sega, Sega Genesis when the NCAA yeah. NFL football came out. So it was three buttons, and it was like, okay, run, pass, you know, whatever. And now it's you know, hit the L hot route and all this different kind yeah. of stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. So I just do the franchise where yeah. I try to just you know simulate all the games and just build a good team when I play. You almost have to be a, 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 a football it. pro in itself to play the game nowadays it's crazy all the like the madden 20 stuff it's crazy everything you have to know and coverage and stuff it's too much for me but but i think it's also made athletes smarter in a lot oh, of ways absolutely. because i mean we used to play in the backyard so that's how we learned stuff but now they're learning all this stuff so football players i would guess and I, you know that'd be a conversation for sean lewis but football <laughs> you know players are probably smarter now than they were 30 years ago when they get in you know because they're playing those games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess uh, we can get into a little softball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yesterday was uh, at the three-year anniversary of you guys uh, winning three straight yeah. games on Sunday. 
uh, to take home the 2017 title. Uh, can you talk about that moment, I guess, for you, and even even the the time leading up to that day? Yeah, I'll talk about that all day. I mean, that, that's, you know, it's tough because we haven't had another moment since. So I think that's why we do focus so much on it when we do talk about it. We've had some good individual moments, and we've certainly had some good seasons. Yeah. Uh, I can certainly talk about the recent teams as well, some big wins, but, but not quite like that day. That day has really kind of resonated. And, and the reason is because, first of all, it was exciting. It wasn't unprecedented. There had been other teams that had done three games in a day, and then Toledo just did it last year. So that was pretty exciting. And I was there actually doing uh, color commentating for oh, yeah. Yeah. that broadcast. So I got to watch that. But um, it was really special to us because – so many years when your, our juniors and seniors had won the regular season twice and not won the tournament. So you were talking about kids like Matty Grimm and Ronnie Ladinas and that whole senior class who had gone their whole career and this thing was so elusive. Winning this tournament was just so elusive. And um, so just the, just in rewatching it and seeing the team celebrating, it's exciting because it's this team that came back from three games. But the story behind it, which is just getting that monkey off their back, just that thing that was just so elusive for so long and that just they did not want to graduate without, you know, getting that one thing. Seeing the relief on Maddie's face and Ronnie's face and Nicole TV and Paige and Brooke and Janelle, those six seniors and everything they had fought for. And the stuff I really like about watching that is the freshmen that year who were our seniors this year and their reaction they had bought into just that Kent State, that's our thing. We have to get this demon, you know, this monkey off our back. And um, it was really, uh, it was really an incredible day. It really was. And it seemed like it took forever. But then when it was over, it was like it happened in a snap. Um, and that rivalry we had with Ohio for those years with wow. those uh, players uh, that, that, you know, they all played against each other and they all respect each other. Uh, but they certainly battled for just almost for that whole four years. And even Jody and I, the coach in Ohio at the time, we had our own little kind of rivalry. And we're friends, and we still talk now. And, but, um, but there was just so much involved in it. And we had had some real uh, grudge matches with them. The three-game three series we had with them during the regular season, we, we won two out of three. They were two uneven games. They kicked our butt in one game. We kicked their butt in one game. And then we played a one nothing just crazy 11 innings savannah joe had something like 22 strikeouts or something against us just this insane domination we and we ended up winning by in the bottom i want to say the bottom of the tech it was at their place we had a pass ball okay oh. and our catcher runs over makes this play flips it to the pitcher ronnie runs in grabs it boom makes the tag they call her out jody goes crazy just, you know, just insane and whatever. So we, we get off the field and we come out in the top of the next inning, which I think was the 11th, Bailey Brownfield hits a solo home run, her only home run of the, of the season, I think. And Jody just comes flying out of the dugout, yelling at the umpire, she shouldn't have been up to bat. Blah, blah, blah. He tosses her out of the game. And then <laughs> up and bat in the bottom of the 11th. And they got runners on first and second. And then, um, and then we, and we got out of it. So it was just... So much drama, so incredible. So that that regular season series with them was so intense. And then for us to have to play two out of three or two games against them, you know, that, you know, and the fact that we pitched Maddie Huck, we pitched a freshman yeah. who had never pitched in a MAC tournament in her life. 
Um, and she held them for seven innings scoreless. She went up against arguably the best pitcher. That was a great year for pitchers. Savannah Joe, Ronnie, and Rachel Knapp at Central Michigan. And yeah. um, so Maddie Huck went toe-to-toe with Savannah Joe for seven innings, and then we score in the top of the eight. Ronnie comes in, finishes it, and then this is going to sound bad, but we knew right when we won that game we were winning the next one because the air just went out of Ohio's dugout completely. Right. And, and then we scored three in the top of the – uh, the bottom of the, because we became the home team. So we scored three in the bottom of the first. And I remember when Hunter Bransifort, who was our two hitter at the time, hit a home run off of Savannah Joe in the bottom of the first, I went, that's all we're going to need. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it ended up being true. I'm glad we got two more. <laughs> right. um, but like, just you see the things that you need to have happen to win a championship. And it was little stuff throughout that day. I want to say I'm a super coach and I just made all the right moves, but the reality is the team was so prepared and so willing to do anything to win that any move I made worked because they all were ready to go. And so I, you know, I, I uh, took out our regularly, our starting uh, second baseman that morning and I put in a different one. And the reason was my starting second baseman at that time was a freshman and I just, I, I've seen a lot of years where freshmen run out of gas when they get to the MAC tournament. It's really just a lot more softball than they're used to playing through that period of time. And so I just kind of played a hunch and I went with a different second baseman and she went three for four against Northern Illinois. I mean, just crushed, just had a day. And then like I made a defensive substitution and all of a sudden that ball gets hit right to them and they make this great play. Any pinch hitter I put in, it felt like they had a hit. You know, it's just like... Those little things were happening. You know, we had a we platooned our catchers that year. We had three catchers, and they all played that day. And everyone that I put in, they just were the right person at the right time. Brooke Dodson uh, threw out a runner against Ohio in the uh, uh, the first game. That would have made a huge difference in the outcome of the game. In the championship game, Emily Dobbin caught a ball that was going out of the park. You know, and it was just little stuff like that where you just knew, you know, this was our day. And in the seventh inning of the, of, the, of, the champ, of the championship game, that was my only time I really got nervous, was the bottom of the seventh. And I thought, okay, they've done a great job all day of not even thinking about the fact that they might not win this game or win the day. I hope it doesn't creep in right now, you know, at this last moment. And the first batter grounded out to Maddie Grimm. And I thought, okay, if Maddie makes this play clean, we're good. If we kick a ball here, that's where you got to watch out for the dog. And Maddie made the play nice and easy, makes the throw, and I just – but <laughs> I'll always remember Janelle Hayes was in the dugout. And the team at the top of the – or the bottom – I'm sorry, the top of the seventh went up to the front step of the dugout. Close. And I turned and looked, and Janelle Hayes was in her same spot. And she looked at me, she said, why is everybody moving? Why are people moving? <laughs> like, I don't know. So I don't know. But superstitious, right? Yeah, they just they had that confidence and um, and then just that last out. There's a great picture that Maddie Grimm uh, posted on Instagram a couple weeks ago, where it's shot from the first base side, and it's you see in the picture Ronnie throwing the ball, and she's got a complete, you know, because the last out went back to Ronnie, mm-hmm. and you can see her being like, I just have to focus on this. And so this is like the last out of the championship and she's totally focused. She's releasing the ball. And then behind her, you see Maddie Grimm already celebrating, running towards what's about to be the pile because she knew that's going to be the last out. 
And then a little further in the back, you see Jody, the coach for Ohio, just kind of standing. And I'm not gloating this. I, this To me, this is a moment you never want as a coach, so I, I sympathize with her. But you see just this expression on her face, like, how did this get away from us? And it's just, it captures that moment, the focus of trying to make the last out, the celebration that, hey, we're about to win this thing, and then just that, you know, whatever, agony of defeat moment where it's, yeah. how did this get away from us? So it was it was really quite a dramatic day. And, and you know, there have been a ton of texts going on with that group the last few days. And, you know, I get chills every time I watch it. You know, just, you know, we have the recap video, and every time I watch that, it's still – chokes me up and you know what's funny is it's different moments that i that i react to um one of my favorites is you could see maria Siglati, who was a freshman that year and went on to have a phenomenal career was an uh, academic all-american last year just had a great career for us but she just comes busting in from center field and just how excited she is jumping into the pile it's just it's it's a great day it was a great day yeah Eric, that, that was your first softball championship, right? No, was no. Was that your first? Would have been what? No. No? I don't think so. Oh. I remember. I, I missed all of it, unfortunately. And I was there all week, and then we had a wedding to go to. And I remember talking back with the staff, like, hey, you know, keep keep me up to date on what's going on. And there's like, can't can one, can't one, we're going another. And I'll be honest, even on the phone, I'm like, wow, when you win and you have that momentum going, like that – like you said, coach, that championship game, it's like, let's get it done. I mean, we see it in pro sports when the, when the Cavs went on their run, you know, down three, one, and they made their comeback. You, you get yep. that momentum building and you, and you get things rolling. And then all of a sudden you become like un, unbeatable, you know? And so it's really cool to hear your perspective of everything that went on, um, you know, that throughout that whole day. And, uh, just how much it means to you, clearly. I mean, uh, it should. <laughs> and and uh, it's just really cool to, to hear that and just kind of a mental process from a coach and what you see from your student-athletes and everything. So that was, that was awesome. Yeah, they, they really took over. I mean, that, that day, um, you know, that's where, that's where you hope you did your coaching already. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like I said, like I, I had a parent come up to me that day and said, man, coach, you couldn't make a wrong move. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I couldn't, you know, I was like, you know, you have that moment. Like, Hey, but then you really realize, no, they just, they were just ready. You know, they, they, they wanted it. And everybody, you know, like I said, pitch hitter, pitch runner, anybody we put in did, did something to contribute. And, and that's really a testament to them. That's a testament to leaders, that senior class, you know, like I said, that was, it was, uh, you know, Ronnie, Maddie, Paige, Brooke, Nicole and Janelle. And Janelle had a big day that day. She had to come in and finish out the Northern Illinois game. Once we got a lead, we brought Janelle in because we knew we were going to need Ronnie more that day. Yeah. And, um, you know, and like I said, Maddie Hawk, a freshman, coming in and, and doing, you know, what she needed to do. The, the, the really cool story, I think, there are a lot of them, but I think the catchers are a really cool story because we had a four-year catcher, Erica Warren, who was phenomenal for four years. It was just the, 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 you know, the backbone of our team. She was phenomenal, and, which is what a catcher should be. And those three catchers that were would have been seniors, Erica's junior year, they were always a year behind her, so they didn't really get a lot of playing time. So senior year, like I said, we, we just had a rotating catcher situation, and it had to do with, you know, batting and who was coming up and we did whatever. And they none of them complained. None of them, you know, they were a team. They were a team. They just they wanted to get it done, and they all did something different that day to um, – 
to help us win. It was it was really it was really an incredible day. It's something I'm hoping for more memories, obviously, yeah. of championships. But um, that's one that one's always going to be special. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to to hear that stuff. I mean, I, I asked this for a lot of people, but just why softball? Uh, how did you start? How did you get involved with the game? Um, you know, wh where did it all start? And where you made the decision? You know, this this was the path, and I, you know, I want to I want to be uh, a head softball coach one day. Well, my um, that's it's you know it's kind of a long story, so I, you know I, I hope that you're okay with that. But I mean, I basically when I, I didn't have a lot of direction when I was younger. You know, in high school, I didn't play sports. I was a theater guy, and um, and, you know, I was a radio you know, DJ on the radio station, all that different kind of stuff. And uh, as I got into the college age, I would take some classes and then I'd work and take classes. So I wasn't really on, you know, any real path. And I played with a lot of different majors. And when I was, I don't know, 19, I think, my cousin got me involved in working with kids. Um, she was a teacher and I just, you know, I would help her out with their camp, their fifth and sixth grade camp. So a couple of years into that, I... Um, I was working at a restaurant and a woman that I worked with was like, Hey, I need help coaching my daughter's softball team. Is that something you'd be interested in? Cause she knew I worked with kids and I was like, yeah, I'll help with it. So it was really, that's how random it was. And the terrible thing is I don't remember that woman's name. I remember her first name. I can't remember her last name. And I've tried to track her down because I would love to tell her, look, I made a career out of that just by you turning to me and asking me, Hey, I need help with my daughter's softball. Team. So I did that for a couple of years and then I, I would get more involved with the school that my cousin worked with. I started coaching their middle school team. Then I started coaching basketball there as well. So I coached basketball as well. And that progressed through the 90s. So I was 21 when that started. And then I gradually worked up middle school. Then I went to high school, JV high school, travel ball, 14U, 16U, 18U. All the time I was also coaching basketball. And I got into, I, I went back to school, finally got a degree when I was 30. I ended up getting my degree. And I taught for four years and, and, you know, I was coaching that whole time and just kind of a little sidebar. I had a, I have a political science degree. I don't have a teaching degree. Mm -hmm. And back then you could teach with just a, with a, just a regular degree, but then the no child left behind act happened, which is significant in the sense is that I had to stop teaching and I didn't stop coaching, but going back into the business world, I'd go back into the business world. I hated it immediately. So from that point on, I did everything I could to try to do this full time. And um, I interviewed at a couple of colleges and in both cases, they said I got down to the final two and they told me I didn't get it because I didn't have college experience. Mm -hmm. So I sent an email to Karen Baird, uh, who was the head coach at Eastern Michigan at the time, which was my alma mater. And I said, look, I'll do anything. I just need, a, I need experience. And so at the time, Eastern only had one paid assistant. So their second assistant was a volunteer. So she's like, yeah, you'll be our volunteer assistant. So she gave me a shot and I actually, I was talking to her up until five minutes before we started talking. Her and I still to this day talk every day. She's one of my best friends. And um, anyway, so she gave me a shot. And from there, I just kind of worked my butt off. And then gradually, they took away the volunteer title and just called me an assistant coach. They still didn't pay me <laughs> because they didn't have the money to pay it. But it meant I could recruit. It meant I could do. There were different things I could do without the volunteer title. And then eventually I, I started to get paid. Eventually it was a full-time position. And then after the 2011 season, we had some pretty good success. We, my first year with Eastern Michigan, we won the MAC tournament. So that was such an introduction for me to just jump in and be like, 
wide-eyed and holy cow, this level is incredible. And then be part of a very exciting walk-off win against Central Michigan in the MAC tournament in 07. And then, um, and then the next few years, we didn't even make the tournament. And then 2011, we made it again. We had a good year. And then I just told Karen, I said, I'm going to throw my resume out there, see what sticks. And then um, the North Dakota experience, that didn't go so well. Um, so when I was done at North Dakota, I was on coming, I, you know, I knew I was going to come back to this area, you know, and I, I had the opportunity at Kent because I knew Karen just from my days at um, Eastern Michigan, just from recruiting and whatnot. And her and I had a few conversations and I wasn't sure if I was going to get the job, but then I did. And I was really blessed to get into Kent State because, you know, it's a winning program. It's an excellent program. And I was excited. I wanted to see how Karen ran her program because she had had such success. And when I was at Eastern Michigan, we hated Kent State. You know, they were just, they were, because they were always winning, you know, in those years. And, um, and, you know, they were like the evil empire, you know, kind of thing. And, and so it was fun to kind of join that group. And then of course, you know, I haven't messed it up. I don't think too much yet. So, so that's kind of, that's the history. That's kind of where. All right, coach. One, one thing I wanted to ask is just, you've, you've spent a lot of time in the Mac. Uh, we've seen over the last few weeks, uh, you know, whether it's all of you guys as coaches getting together on a Zoom call or uh, our student athletes putting together a little video uh, kind of to, to support softball. What is it about this conference that just it's it's that family feel? And I feel like we have it in all of our sports. But uh, what I guess would make softball unique and kind of what you guys do and just the things you have been doing during the quarantine as coaches to just kind of stay on the same page? Uh, yeah, I think, I think our sport in general shares a lot. If you really look at, you know, our national fast pitch coaches association, um, you know, the best coaches in the world, you can, you can text them, email them and they'll respond to to anybody. So there's just this culture of sharing, um, that happens and we just really love our sport and we all want to see our sport grow. And it really has, I mean, you look at how it's, you know, on ESPN and, um, so, you know, they were, they had so many games scheduled that obviously didn't end up being played, but they're still playing stuff, you know, on repeat right now on ESPN. So uh, I think that starts there. It starts with how much people, we just love our sport and want to see it grow. And, and yeah, I've always loved the Mac. And the funny part is, is there's a lot of coaches have come and gone, but yet we still seem to maintain that. And we're competitive with each other. There's no question. I mean, we've certainly had our share of meetings where people will, you know, be getting at each other too but the the nice thing is is when this started uh sarah willis at bowling green said hey let's let's start doing a weekly meeting and um and everybody jumped on it pretty much right away and i think just about every call we've had everybody on it i think there may have been an exception here or there where there's been a department meeting that you know conflicts but we've had great attendance on all of them and we all really ran out of the gate said hey look we we got to make sure our sport survives and we have to understand that there's going to be changes. We have to be able to adapt to them and let's work together. And, and we really have, you know, everybody's done a little bit here or there. It's like everybody's taken some sort of leadership role and, um, and we just wanted to be proactive with a lot of things. And when, when our input was going to be asked for, we didn't want to have to be scrambling. We wanted to be ready to go. So, you know, we had ideas and suggestions 
ready to go as soon as administrators started saying, okay, this is the plan and what do you guys think? And, and we were able to answer that pretty quickly. So I, I think, you know, we're pretty far ahead of what's happening right now in the Mac. And I think the Mac honestly is pretty far ahead of what's happening in the country. You know, I think there were, you know, there was obviously a lot of news yesterday. Uh, ESPN covered it. All the newspapers were covering what happened. Um, but that's just because we were the first ones to do it. We're out ahead of it. And um, so, I, you know, I, I think back to your point about what's great about this conference is, that, you know, it's respect. I think a lot of it, when I look at my time in the MAC, um, I look at the pioneer coaches that were in the MAC when I first got here. And, you know, Margot Yonker was um, an anchor. You know, she was, she was somebody who really just kept us stable for a lot of years. And even with coaches that, you know, some coaches came and went, uh, a couple of softball programs came and went with Marshall and I think Central Florida was in for a little while in the MAC. And, um, you know, so those are, you know, but, but Margo was a consistent. And then you look at somebody like Kathy Licky at Western Michigan, who's been, I think, 20 years in the back now. Uh, and, uh, and then you start going, you know, next, you know, it's some of the, you know, I think nine, eight, nine years is probably the next, you know, group of coaches that have been in for a while, Clarissa and Sutt. And the thing is, Sutt, Nor uh, uh, Christina Sutcliffe at, at at Northern Illinois, her and I are kind of similar in the fact that she was an assistant at Miami and now she's the head coach at Northern. Um, but she made that move directly. So she never left the conference where I was five years at Eastern, three years out. And then I came back and I was, I don't know what this year, six, I'm here back in the match. So you do have some coaches that have been in for a while. And even the coaches that are like the newer coaches, um, you know, Megan knew at Akron, but she was three years as my assistant. Um, Sarah at Bowling Green has been five years now. So, um, you know, that there's a lot of longevity that, that keeps us all together as well. And even Megan at, Bowl, or at uh, Ball State was an assistant at Northern Illinois prior to a couple other stints elsewhere and then coming back and being head coach at Ball State. So people just take a lot of pride in the MAC. And uh, at the end of the day, we may battle on the field, but, but we are all in it for the common good. And it was Clarissa's idea originally to do the video with the, with the kids. And then um, um, we just planted a seed and a couple, you know, do a couple of them. And, and I, I said something to a couple of my players and they reached out to friends and the kids, they really just took that over. You mentioned uh, Megan, we talked to her, I think a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, did you, did you give her any uh, pieces of advice for, for her head coaching first year head coaching position? No, <laughs> I'm not trying to help her. Um, she uh, she had been a head coach at North Northwood um, yeah. for ten years, so her and I knew each other previously, and we were friends. And, um, no, not really. I mean, her and I talk pretty regularly now. Um, still, I mean, she only lives five minutes from me, and um, so um, I think there were some things just specific to the Mac that we would talk about, and um, you know, and and a lot of it was just kind of when we ran into each other recruiting, we, you know, we were just kind of, you know, just head coaches talking about similar issues and, and whatnot. But, um, um, you know, I think possibly there's some things that I've given her advice on, but I also think she's given me advice on things. I think we just, we just kind of lean on each other a little bit. Um, her situation is a little different. Her situation now is more like what I went through at North Dakota and taking over a program that had been struggling. So she's got a unique set of, um, uh, obstacles 
to, to overcome. And, and I think she'll do a great job. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be crossing paths a lot because we will recruit a lot of the same kids. And, uh, we actually had one of our kids decommit and go to her, which is not unusual, you know, in that situation. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely going to cross paths a lot. But, again, there's a lot of respect. And, um, you know, she's my friend. You know, I love I love Megan. She's my friend. So um, I don't know that she leans on me for advice any more than I lean on her. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, Coach, outside of softball, getting away, I, I did scroll through your uh, Twitter uh, feed <laughs> a little bit, and I've Uh-oh. seen that uh, outside of what you mentioned about your video games is you've become a big uh, dino, uh, Dinos fan. Uh, <laughs> some, uh, you, you watched some – What's that? I, I was excited about it at first, but, the, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting up that early. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I watched it one time, and – and it was good to watch, but I mean, what NASCAR is coming back this week, and um, you know what I didn't realize is is uh, softball is being played. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I wish you could televise that. Well, I mean, I saw a thing the other day on Twitter about Kelly Barnhill having 18 strikeouts in her debut. So, um, you know, they're playing sports somewhere. So, um, yeah, misrepresent that I'm out there too much watching it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little disappointed then because I wanted the Korean baseball update from you. Uh, Although I did did check to see how uh, they were doing, and they're in first place. So, uh, you you picked a winner. I picked them first. That was me. (laughs) But, yeah, I haven't seen any. Uh, I haven't haven't been up that early to see it. But I think we're all trying to look for – something uh whether it's like you said nascar's starting i think golf is starting pretty soon here uh they're they're rolling out plans and every day i think we're all trying to look for that uh light at the end of the tunnel or 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 a glimpse i should say of you know when things could be getting back to normal or just having some normalcy in our lives and sports it's amazing how much sports plays into a lot of what people do, uh, whether they work in sports or not, it's just, it gets people together at the end of the day. And that's why I think we all love it. So, um, it does. And and I've talked to people about it and it's tough because I'm, like you said, I'm, I work in sports. So it's, you know, I don't want people to think I'm being selfish when I say sports need to come back. You know, there's a normalcy to our society that sports is a huge part of. And, you know, I tell people, look, think about it. If football is not on television this fall. Can we can we survive? Sure. Yeah, of course. We can survive without football, but look at everything that's tied to it. Not even just the jobs, but like, you know, advertising. Yeah. You know, how much, you know, advertising of products. I mean, I'm not watching TV right now. I'm watching Netflix. Yeah. The, the networks need something on TV that people are going to watch. I mean, that's why ESPN rolled out this, you know, last dance thing two months before they were supposed to. And, um, you know, so there's just, you know, what we do, the things that bring us together every week, you know, we, you know, fantasy football and different stuff. It's, it's not important in everyday life, but it's part of the things that we enjoy doing that make life worth living. I mean, that's been my biggest frustration with this is this isn't the life I want for the next four years. Hopefully you know, it's, it, I'm sitting at home all day, you know, I'm talking to people on, you know, on a computer, you know, I want to hug people at some point in time. So I, I, maybe I'm being stubborn or unrealistic, but I, I don't want this to be our new normal. Yeah. You know, they, they keep talking about, well, what's it look like when we social distance? I don't know, but we got to figure it out because 
we're going to high five each other after home runs. And, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to huddle together. We're not going to have six feet apart from each other. It, you can't exist that way. You just can't exist that way. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't hugged my mom in, since Christmas probably, you know, it's like, and I'm not trying to be too dramatic, but this can't be the new normal. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. We are trying to grab onto things. And I think that's why people are, are so eager to get sports back because they do represent a certain amount of normalcy. And, um, you know, I think it's great that there is this time and I do believe there's a reason this is happening that people can, if they were taking things too seriously, that we need to slow down with some things in life and, and reevaluate. Absolutely. You know, there's no question, you know, the appreciation that the kids are going to have when they go back out there and play again, is going to be incredible. Like the next time I'm able to, to hit a ground ball to one of my players, it's going to be, uh, you know, a very emotional moment. You know what I mean? And so maybe sometimes we do need to slow down and appreciate some of those things, but um, you know, I, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. None of us do, but it's going to have to look pretty close to what it was before. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, and I, and I think you're hearing, you're seeing different things too about how, how people view athletics and what part they play in uh, academics. Yeah. You know, they, some people think they, they don't play an important part. That's fine. It's a perfectly valid viewpoint, but I think there's other people, other presidents of different universities that do think they do play a big part, you know, in enrollment, in you know uh student athlete experience um you know the not to you know i'm not trying to think i'm more than i am as a as a person or what role i play in, in these athletes lives but you know i i'm with them me and my staff are with these kids for four years yeah some professors and i'm not knocking what professors do they're certainly giving them very important skills for what they're going to do with the rest of their life they may have them for a semester we have them for four years you know our goal is to to see them leave that transition from, you know, a high school girl, which is what they are when they walk in the building, to a, a woman when they walk out of here as a college graduate. And that's an incredible transition. Uh, and, you know, to be part of that is, is, is significant. And, you know, I look at some of my kids and just the ones that have graduated this year and just the experience they had. And it's not just about us. It wasn't just about softball. But it was like, for example, Vanessa Bodan, who got the Judith Divine Award, which is a big award here at Kent State. Um, you know, she had, you know, she built great relationships with her professor. She went to Costa Rica to do a charity a trip. She, she played two sports. She played with us and she threw javelin and won a MAC championship in javelin, as well as a MAC championship with us. And, you know, all those things built her as a person, not just the academics, not just the community service and not just the softball so but the softball was a significant part of it and it is it's always been a part of academics not always but it's certainly in the last century been a huge part of, of academics and and it needs to continue to be and I admire what the Mac is trying to do right now and yeah we are making changes and some people on Twitter and whatever and whatever but again every viewpoint is valid specifically when it comes from people that know what's going on but a lot of people who really just on the surface see, oh, canceling a tournament, oh, awful, terrible, bad, oh, I can't believe it. You don't know the story behind it. You don't know the goal. The goal is to make sure these kids can still get a championship experience, and they're going to get it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say. 
Um, well, I think we're, uh, we usually finish these off with a, a couple rapid fire questions. Okay. And you just give us uh, your first thing that comes to mind for you. Um, the first one is your go-to Netflix show right now. Well, I just finished watching Into the Night, which was a really quick watch. It was only six episodes, and I don't even think they're an hour long. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm already done with it because it's six episodes. So I'm, I'm actually, I think I started Waco. I think I'm going to go back to Waco. Yep. And then at some point, I'm going to, you know, take the uh, advice of Coach Sender off and, and check out Fauda. But West, West Wing is always my go-to, if anybody asks me. West Wing is something I watched when it was first on, and I, I'll go back to it every once in a while. How many, how many seasons is West Wing? Seven. Okay. All right. So that, that, could, take, that could take up a few weeks, probably. You going to get into that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, see, good. I, I tell you, I see so much politics these days. That's the last show I think I'm watching <laughs> right true. now. But it's optimistic politics, That's honestly. It, it makes you wish it was really like that. But uh, uh, Ozark's. Ozark's another one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one we both love. Yeah, we just I just finished that uh, a couple oh, of weeks ago. One more, sorry. Never yeah. have I ever. Oh, I haven't watched it. That's a good. It's a that's excellent. Uh, okay. It, it's fun. It's a Mindy Kaling. Um, she produced it. it was, it's good. Nice, nice. Uh, well, go ahead. I, I have a rapid fire. So a few months ago now, we had Coach Lewis on um, with us after the bowl win. And I know that he has a sandwich now made after him. And um, what, what's that place called? Twisted, Twisted Melt. Twisted right? Melt, yeah. Um, do you have a sandwich? You don't have a sandwich. Well, I don't break, I don't break a sandwich. Well, well we're going to give you the chance to have your sandwich. So if, if you had the, the Oakley sandwich, what, what would that sandwich be? That's a tough one. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying oh, to think. We, we threw one out, out at you. You've had you've had all the answers, all podcasts. Yeah. I, I threw well, like, it out the, with, a, with a random the, sandwich question. The thing that keeps coming, like popping in my head, is it's got to have avocado on it. But okay. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's the way I would go. I don't know if I would just go, like what I typically would eat in a sandwich is like you know, a turkey sandwich. You know, okay. <laughs> but but you know. I, like a turkey Reuben would be something like that I would probably look at, right. but that's just a turkey Reuben. So I don't know if I could just really, you know, yeah, steal you that. Can do whatever you want. Turkey uh, Reuben with avocado. I mean, I don't know how that would taste, but Hey, I mean, we, you can make anything you want. Turkey so. Reuben with avocado. Wow. <laughs> that's nice. interesting. Um, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to think about where I'd want to go with that. I might have to come back to that one. All right. Well, our, our other one, I want to take you back to your uh, North Dakota experience. What, uh, what's one common misconception people get wrong about North Dakota? That it's just a frozen tundra. I mean, it's certainly cold. <laughs> you know, there's no question. I used to tell people, look, I, yeah, you probably don't want to live in North Dakota in January and February, but I don't want to live in Mississippi in August. You know what I mean? Like there's other places in the world I don't want to live during certain times of year. The beautiful thing about North Dakota, first of all, the town I was in is basically if you took Kent, Ohio, and just put it in the middle of nowhere, you know, and it, but, you know, it had an airport and it had a train station, you know, but you still had everything you needed there. You had yep. Walmart, you had Target, you had, you know, plenty of restaurants, and it was just a cool little downtown. It was really a neat area. Um, 
and it was beautiful in the summertime absolutely beautiful it's 75 80 degrees very low humidity i maybe i can count on one hand in three years how many major thunderstorms came through there like it was just beautiful and it was light out because of where it is you know north and where it is in the time zone the central time zone it was light out till about 10 15 at night so yeah and then of course it was light out then again at 5 30 in the morning yeah <laughs> um but it, I mean, it, the summers were just beautiful. So from May to, you know, late September, October, it was a beautiful place to live. When, when winter hit, it was, it could be brutal. The other thing is it's flat. I mean, just flat. You can see for miles, you know, in that area. And one thing, when I remember when I did my interview at Kent State, they walked me around campus and I was winded from yeah. having to walk up hills because I had not walked up hills in three years. But it's a beautiful place. That's great. Do you have, do you have uh, any more? I think. No, I think that's I it. mean, the sandwich was, was my big one. I, I was ready. I was, I was waiting on that one. So. Man, I'm going to go. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say turkey. Uh, I'm going to say melted smoked Gouda. Okay. All right. And then uh, bread and butter pickle chips. Oh. oh, on top of the sandwich. Nice. On, Sounds pretty good. On what kind of bread? On rye. Toasted rye. Very nice. I mean, we we, we got to get that done. We got to get you on that menu. I mean, I don't know why you're not. I mean, we, we got to get that done for this guy. And I'd eat that right now. I mean, it's getting up to lunchtime, and that sounds amazing. To that me. sounded pretty good. All right. Well. <laughs> Well, with that, we really appreciate you coming on with us today, Coach, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll get to see you out on the softball field very soon. I appreciate, I appreciate all the work you guys are doing out there as well. It's, you know, I, I know there's a lot going on in the MAC offices right now. and um, So seeing you guys doing this social media stuff and, and keeping everybody getting recognized um, is a lot of fun. And yesterday was a lot of fun reliving that day. And, Awesome. Social media and our kids just got into it, man. They were all over Instagram reposting stuff. And it was really a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. Coach, I, I mean, I think during this time we're never, uh, it's, it's tough times, but we got to remember our history. We got to remember that there's been uh, a lot of good moments to, to relive and to, like you said, your kids, your kids seeing that brought back some great memories. And I think how we're running and looking at our social is if we could put a smile on, someone's face for even 30 seconds to a minute during this time every day then then we're doing something right you know and uh and that's that's all we're aiming to do uh out there and it's i, th I really feel like it's an important thing for us to be doing uh with so much kind of doom and gloom out there let's let's try to put a spin and try to be positive and and you know keep keep things going and and uh reliving all these great moments like like we heard about from you and that we've seen yeah well you guys are crushing it so it's appreciated thanks well we appreciate it coach stay stay safe stay healthy and we will talk to you very soon Turn off the